Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of TYG and Friends. This is That Yoruba Guy. If you join us for the first time, thank you very much for joining. If you like the show, kindly like, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to get notifications on new uploaded episodes. Thank you for listening. guys welcome back to tyg and friends uh it's uh that yoruba guy and today i will be speaking with a friend of mine ifatu ifu and uh so she's been married for over 10 years and uh still on the topic of marriage misconceptions today we'll be talking about we'll be going on the part two of it uh hi ifatu how's it going good good how are you Thanks i'm doing for inviting good. Me. awesome so um introduce yourself to the listeners what uh how has your marriage experience been and you know just introduce yourself briefly sure um so um as you mentioned i've been married for 10 years and one word to summarize my experience is glorious awesome. i love marriage i love being married awesome. and it's been a wonderful experience awesome Awesome. That's great. Um, so, um, uh, I did a part one on this topic, talking about marriage misconceptions. Um, so, a lot of questions that some of us had before we got into marriage, like just wondering about um, how would life be now that I'm switching from being single to being a married person, um, changes in responsibilities and things like that so i'm going to start off by asking um one question which is um does are there any differences between couples that um that ruin marriages like do differences between couples ruin marriages if i have a uh, a particular interest in something and my partner doesn't have that interest in the same things like do things like that rupture that relationship um i think that's a pretty really good question but it comes down to i think a number of factors one would be interest Mm. interest not just in your partner's um like Mm -hmm. but also the interest in engaging them in your own um likes as well yeah so so i don't think that it's a matter of what i like versus what my spouse likes yeah but how are we able to uh, get the other party um involved in the things that we we do take part in Mm -hmm. so i you know for example in in my um marriage my husband has certain interests that you know 10 years ago you asked me if i had interest in those i'll be like what <laughs> you know I, I would have no idea or um frankly little interest in taking part in that mm-hmm. so he has a desire for flying airplanes mm-hmm. and i've learned so much about airplanes not because um it's something that i'll naturally um do but because of his, his passion for it and because he's passionate about it it makes me want to learn about his interest mm. and be involved in it 
um, same thing for me. I love soccer. I love sports. He did play soccer before, but it's something that he's not as interested in. But because I'm, I'm interested in it and I love it, mm-hmm. he wants to know about it. He wants to be engaged. He wants to make sure that I'm wearing my, my protective gear. Mm-hmm. You have your shoe pads. Mm-hmm. And how many goals did you score? And mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's the willingness on both parts to want to discover the other person's engagements and find ways to to make sure that you're staying involved. Do you think that can actually extend to things like politics? Um, I'm just imagining one of those, you know, um, things that people have very strong opinions about. So there are some people who are pro-science and others are not so much... uh, they're more on the faith and religious side do you think it's possible for two people of those sort of mindsets to coexist i think so and i and if if you believe otherwise then then perhaps you're coming from the perspective that what you believe is the only truth that Mm. there is and i don't think that that's accurate I think we all have different opinions, but we need to be willing to not only understand our diverse opinions and perspectives, but to try and listen and get a, a better understanding of where the other party is coming from. Um, so, you know, on the subject of, of politics or church and all of that, you'll be surprised. Like, my, my husband and I do have... Um, very intense conversations. I don't think I'll call them debate. Yeah. Because we're we're not um, trying to arrive at a conclusive mm. um, answer, mm-hmm. but we're just trying to get an understanding of why does the other person think that think this is true? Yeah. Mm. Exactly. And it's the ability to listen and engage in those conversations that I think makes it really important. And now I'm going to, of course, go off philosophical and extend this mm-hmm. to the world in yeah. general. Yeah. You know, the, the reason why we are where we are as, as, a, as a nation or, or as, um, as a, a global community is because of the people's um, unwillingness to want to listen to the perspective of others. It doesn't make their opinion right or wrong or yours any more right or wrong. But there's a reason why. Um, it could be one social exposure, mm-hmm. cultural exposure, um, uh, educational exposure that makes you have a certain perspective about certain topics. But so it, I, I don't know. That's just my my personal opinion. Yeah. And and in our marriage, we do we both believe that, which is why whenever we have discussions, it's about understanding Weird. why and asking clarifying questions so on the on the, on the topic of religion for example yeah. um my husband and i we do have these conversations about you know think about it like christianity is mm-hmm. it the only truth that there is mm-hmm. um you know if, if at the end of the day we all find out that you know was there really a god and or no God and, mm-hmm. and all of that but we have those conversations not because we think oh you know you're the devil in <laughs> <laughs> but it's because we want to really get a better sense of um, why it is um, we or others believe certain things mm, I see um, so will you say marriage has made you um, 
empathize with people more or like is that is that a uh, sort of like a personality trait that you should already have before going into marriage or like do you think marriage makes you a better person in terms of seeing things from someone else's perspective right um i do you know i think we all grow from our own experiences mm. and marriage and marriage is one of those experiences in life mm. um so if, if you think if you think back to of course your family you're born into a family that family has a way of doing certain things and then you grow mature you go to school that school has a way of doing things So marriage is only an extension of one's own um life experiences. And I do believe yes that that with those experiences comes um perhaps changes in one's um opinions views about certain topics but also maturity. So so for me is why I do believe so that my marriage has made me you know more emotionally mature. I think is the word I'm looking for. because now I'm more aware of other perspectives, other opinions okay. um and then being able to again back to just listening and um understanding where others are coming from and of course we're all shaped by our opinions are shaped by our life experiences mm. right yeah absolutely um so you've been married for almost a decade what yes. what didn't you know before going into marriage that you know now for sure about marriage that you can tell someone else um who is just going into marriage and say this i know for sure now hmm i think that there are a few things but i won't necessarily i won't compare them necessarily to prior and after okay only because i will be honest um i don't think i was i'm one of those people that went into my marriage thinking oh I'm going to marry this particular kind of person and I want my marriage to be like this yeah. and I want x number of children and I want to live in this particular city and in mm-hmm. this country I did not go through that mental process but when I did meet um, my husband we developed a friendship and we got talking about some of these topics and again I think those extended into our marriage. Okay. Um so you know I I guess I'll answer your question but not from the perspective of before and after but mm. just in general the things that I have come to learn mm-hmm. over the years. Yeah. Um and one of them would be communication. Mm. And I'm that's my number one. That's something I'm very passionate about because I think majority of the problems that emerge from marriages often come from that piece of it where each we're each so passionate about what we believe in and what we're trying to say that we sometimes forget to listen to the other party mm-hmm. and i think that is critical so that's one thing that i've i've come to to learn even more the other thing that i've come to learn even more is a complete faith in what it is you want from your marriage mm-hmm. and not being influenced by societal expectations. Mm-hmm. So, I'll give you a classic example. My husband and I um we only have one child. Mm-hmm. And 
you do know that oh, yeah. um, coming from Nigeria, mm-hmm. you know, that is borderline taboo. <laughs> why? Why have? <laughs> <laughs> Why should you have one child? You know, the child would be this and that and miserable, and you know. And I respect that. I respect mm. that opinion. I respect the perspective of, of oh, the different individuals. It, yeah, I mean, kudos to yeah. you. Yeah, I don't actually respect it because I think people <laughs> should be able to choose. And I don't think I think it's because there's this mentality of the more children you have, the more like it speaks to your social standing or some sort of like no i don't i don't buy into that right exactly and and but that's the perspective of society and certain individuals in society now coming back to your question one thing that i've come to learn is what what what, what are some of the things that you and your your couple and your spouse believe in mm. so my husband and I had this conversation and we, we believed in, well, we want one child um, for several reasons. Um, I, I'm not going to go into any of the details, but it, it, it came down to our reasons for wanting one child and not what society expects from us or our families, but about what we as a couple want. So that's the other really key point. And, and once you come to that, that conclusion as a couple, you must have faith in your decision and stick with it because I'm telling you, you will be tested. Family members are going to say things and friends and heck, people you don't even know about mm-hmm. are going to have an opinion yeah. about the fact that you have one child as an example. Um, so having faith in that decision and, and sticking with it, that's mm-hmm. been key as well. Right. So communication, um, that joint decision making and having faith um, in the decision you make. And of course, the most important is um, friendship. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously a cliche that people say, oh, it's great to marry a friend and yeah. all of that. But, yeah. you know, I believe it more than ever mm. because from friendship comes respect yeah. and and comes um, an understanding mm. of the other person's interest and, and, and so on. Yeah. Right? So th- those are the big ones for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. Um, so, um, so another question I wanted to follow the misconceptions is, I think I already asked this one about conflicts being a sign of bad relationship. Did I already mention that? About people no, thinking that if you have, if there are arguments, it implies that they're, oh yeah, the first one was about differences, but this one saying that if you have, um, if you're arguing a lot, it implies that there's a, that it's a bad relationship. Ah, that's a, that's another really good question. So I think there's a um, a general belief that conflict is a negative thing, mm. but I believe conflict actually can serve a positive purpose mm. because from conflict you do learn. So there's positive conflict, of course, and there's negative conflict. Mm. So if if you if you approach a conflict from the perspective of wanting to understand um, why there was this uh, disagreement, misunderstanding, and then learning from that, then that is positive conflict. But I think it becomes negative um, when, you know, you, you go into it, you know, attacking and believing that, that you're right and, and the other person is wrong and so on. 
so uh, yes, I, I think conflicts are actually, I believe, are needed in yeah, in marriages. We're learning each other even more, even better. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we do have we have conflicts in our marriage, like any other marriages. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's yeah. the ability, yeah, the ability to learn and grow forward. Yeah, it's always a learning marriage. opportunity. It's like, you know, um, I think one of the things that like we're talking about. Uh, misconceptions here one of the things that i i learned about i've learned about marriage is you're not always gonna memorize all the mistakes and so at the end of the day it's all about are you trying to be better like from every conflict from every disagreement are you trying to be better is that the objective is that the goal um are both sides working together to achieve this goal of enjoying the fact that you're living together and as long as that's the goal then yeah conflicts will come you manage it with the same temperament of um trying to get a sense of understanding from the other person and then you move on and you just keep going like that um yeah so i fully agree with you um so another question i want to ask is um people have this especially single people have this sense that marriage will change your life so you your single life would no longer remain the same you said you met your husband in in the university did that did you experience any change in particular obviously you're stepping into marriage it's a different terrain but like did you experience a change in in uh who you were as a person um, if I if I wanted things to stay the same, then I shouldn't have gotten married. Mm. <laughs> if, if I wanted if I wanted the same experiences mm-hmm. um, that I'm having as a single person, mm-hmm. then why 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 change that? Exactly. Right? So the answer is absolutely yes. Mm. When you do get married, yeah. there are changes that come mm-hmm. as expected yeah, because, because people two are lives are afraid of those changes. People are always like, "Oh, I won't be able to make these decisions because I feel like if the other person is not okay with it, that means I won't be able to do it." Um, yeah, like you hear this nervousness of life won't remain the same, and it's like, well, that's your that's you telling yourself that you're not necessarily ready marriage because yeah like it's a different it's a different ball game yeah absolutely yeah um and 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 to all the listeners as somebody that's been married for 10 years Mm. if you if you're planning to go into marriage and wanting to maintain your lifestyle Mm. um as a single person then don't don't get married please (laughs) (laughs) because because it will not work Mm. when you go into a marriage you're you're bringing certain things and accepting um certain things as well from the other party um but again it comes down to that that bit about um communication friendship and really understanding the other person so on the i feel very strongly about the experiences piece um, because when when my husband and I met and we we got to know each other, we both actually came to an understanding that we there are certain experiences that we want together, and it's only together that we can enjoy them. And one of them, as an example, is travel. We both love to travel and experience other cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And we, we, we agreed to that. We promised each other that, that we will see the world together. Mm-hmm. Now, can you imagine trying to see the world alone as a single person? Like, that's, that's just plain sad and boring. <laughs> <laughs> so that's an example of where um, marriage can actually help um, you have an even better experience. Mm. Now, there's the flip side to that, of course. Um, there may be some experiences that, that you don't want to go through again because who knows? Maybe you had um, a negative experience growing up. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of those things where you're upfront about it. You have to be vulnerable mm-hmm. with your partner and share that. And you, you will be, you, I, I, I argue that you'll be pleasantly surprised that your party, your your spouse will will understand um, essentially where you're coming from, and perhaps some compromise can be reached yeah. um, to make sure that that the other person is is not feeling um, you know neglected or hurt um, as a result of that union. But yeah, no, I do I do feel very strongly um, about about experiences as a couple. Awesome. Um, what's your take on going to bed angry i asked um my guests uh two weeks ago about this question about this saying about don't go to i think there's also a bible reference for this do not go to bed angry what's your take on that because uh, a lot of us feel like when you go to bed angry all the time like it's sort of ruptures the relationship or something uh, it means that you're carrying over your anger, your wrath over to the next day or something like that. But like, what's your take on that? Mm, that's another really um, important question. So I think I think that that notion of um, not going to bed um, angry with your spouse is a baseline that has been set. Something that we we all strive towards. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna offer another example, which might be, you know, perhaps trivial, given the context of the of the conversation. But you know, they, they give the example of, you know, you should study every day if you're a student, or you should read your Bible every day and pray. Those are standards that we aspire to. The same way we aspire to not go to bed angry with our spouse. Now. Because it's something we're aspiring to, we are not perfect humans. There, there are times when we will fall short of those expectations, um, and you know it is okay. It is okay to to not meet those targets um, certain times because there are times when perhaps um, the incidents that occurred is so hurtful that you need more than one night to process it and, and get through it. Yeah, but. More, more importantly is you're, you're striving towards it. Every day is something you're striving towards. But give yourself permission um, to <clears throat> sometimes not, not meet that expectation. Um, so now I'm bringing it back to, to myself and, and my husband. I will actually, I, we, don't, we don't argue a lot. When I say argue, I mean negative conflict. Now mm-hmm. um, yeah. we we don't we rarely have those moments where um, we're so upset with each other that we go to bed not talking to each other. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, after ten years of marriage, you there's so much more understanding and you, you have less conflict. I believe.
Hello? Yeah. No, sorry about that. Okay, no problem. Um, yeah, so after 10 years of marriage, there are, there are less of those, those conflicts mm-hmm. um, that result in going to bed um, angry. At night, but but I, I I encourage every relationship. It's something you should strive towards, aspire towards, and you know more than once mm. you will fall short, right? Okay, awesome, awesome. Um, so one more, I, I think I have like maybe one or two left. Um, but I wanted to ask you this: as what do you think of people who say that money makes the relationship sweeter? Huh. Money makes everything sweeter. Relationships <laughs> are no relationships. <laughs> Money makes everything better. Everything. Because, you know? <laughs> because it, it affords you, it affords you um certain enjoyments and privileges. Mm. So no doubt, no doubt at all. Whether you're single or married, mm. you know, money money just has brings with it um certain benefits. Mm. Now, having said that, I think it's the pursuit of money that can sometimes bring about um, some of the, the conflict. Mm-hmm. And, and when I talk about the pursuit, I mean, you know, what are your dreams and aspirations versus my dreams and aspirations? Um, you know, if, I, if I'm hoping to be the CEO of a company someday, well, with that will come um, sacrifices to family time and to time with your spouse. And I think that's where some of those conflicts start to, to arise. Mm. If, we, if we can all um, win, the, win the lottery um, for a decent amount of money, I think there will probably be less arguments mm. um, than, than the pursuit of it. Mm. That every day of having to go to work and working X number of hours, you're so tired, you come home, um, the other person feeling neglected and you know tensions tension then starts to build hmm. um and then there's the other aspect of the management of the money once you then get it mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not enough to pursue the money and get the money even when you do win the lottery there has to be a certain level of management that comes into it to ensure that that money serves you well mm-hmm. so how many times do you hear of stories where you know, the, the husband or the wife makes X amount of money, so much money, but they're always fighting because, you know, you, you know, the she's spending too much and he's spending too much. So, you know, even when you do acquire that money, there, there needs to be a system within a marriage, within a relationship um, that helps both um, parties to continue to, to um, enjoy, I guess, some of the things that matter to them. So I, I give you the example of, you know, my husband loving to fly planes, me loving soccer. Those cost money. Mm-hmm. And how do we budget those interests within our overall um, family earnings? So the other, which brings me to another point um, around um, having a conversation about who in the marriage will potentially lead the financial management hmm. so I think having I'm, someone I'm... someone manage finances is important or like it could be is there a defined model that works for most marriages like obviously you're only speaking from your own perspective right well what i what i've found is that i'm yet actually i'm yet to meet any couple where both parties 
have are super interested in budgeting mm. and, and managing finances for the family. I, I've always realized that there's one person typically that it really means a lot to, to them to know where they're going financially and um, we shouldn't be spending X amount of money more than we should, you know, and so forth. And I always argue, well, you know what, if you feel that strongly about it, why don't you then take on the responsibility of managing um, the funds on behalf of the family and setting that, that goal and that target? It doesn't have to be the man doing it. It doesn't have to be the woman doing it. But I think what's important is having that conversation and determining who will do it on behalf of the family and then together work to towards your goals. So I'm going to bring you back to, to you know, our marriage. So when my husband and I met, actually, um, he, he was managing our finances. But we never had a conversation around, well, you know, is that something he wants to do or not? About, I would say maybe a year into our marriage, we realized that actually he has zero interest in it. Um, anything money stresses him out. Like he doesn't like looking into the bank account. <laughs> he doesn't like looking into it. He doesn't like, you know, paying the bills. He just stresses him out. He's just who he is. And you know, he he was he felt um, comfortable having that conversation with me. And he just said, you know what, honey, I think you should take it over. Um, and I said, actually, I wouldn't mind because I'm a stickler for for budgets and and finances and planning and so on. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll definitely recommend that um, a, a discussion happen around who will take that on. Yeah. And, and each month, we have a conversation each month about unexpected expenses that, that will potentially come up. So I, I asked him every month because we budget a month before. So we're in April mm-hmm. and we already have an idea of what we're going to spend in May. In May. And I asked him every month in April. I say, okay, honey, May is coming around. Are there any big expenses mm-hmm. that you're planning for so that we can budget for it? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's something that we've, it's a system that we've developed that works for us. So I encourage every couple to think of a system that works for them exactly. to make sure that money does not become a point of contention mm. in the marriage yeah that's, that's actually pretty good too um so one last question that i have for you here is when you meet the person you you know you want to marry do you just know Ah, if we all know, then we should all be magicians and be earning <laughs> money for fortune telling. <laughs> we'll be rich. We'll be like, Whoa. you just fast track, just fast track everything. You don't have to. You don't have exactly. To be <laughs> because the yeah, thing no. is, I feel like a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people are stressed. I know when I was single, I, you know, you hear that term, you know, when you know, you know, and it makes you wonder, like, wait, okay, hold on, how come I haven't known yet? Like, what does that mean? You understand? I mean, like, does it mean that the person is not, is never gonna come? Like, so that question kept 
roaming in my mind and it's just one of those sayings that when people put it out there it makes people people process it differently so i just i don't know i just i so i, I thought of that and i was like hmm, it would be fun to ask you about that as well well that's a good question and i will i will argue that those comments come from hindsight mm. so you know a few years down the road you look back and you're like yeah you know when i met you i knew yeah it's easy to say that because now you know x number of years into the marriage yeah. things are going great and that, so yeah. on <laughs> yeah so i think it's hindsight I, I think at the moment where you meet the person i truly doubt that um you're you're so certain because mm-hmm. you just met the person you just met the person like few minutes or seconds ago mm-hmm. um the other piece too is how many people truly have a good understanding of themselves mm-hmm. and what they desire from a marriage let alone um processing what what the other person um wants or desires to get out of that marriage and can so we i think it's the time and that's like can can we we can't all predict the exact time some of us are ready and the person doesn't show up and some of us are not ready and the person is there so like we can't all predict the time as well right right no those are valid points right because you know i i've had the opportunity to talk to couples who um unfortunately are struggling in their marriage mm. and when when you get talking with them you start to realize that actually some fundamental discussions um did not happen both you know as an individual but also as a couple mm. so the first question that i typically ask is what, why did you get married to this person I just, what did you hope to get out of marriage and being in a marriage with this person what what are your what are your your aspirations for um uh your home and what are your desires and then how does that person complement that and and how do you complement the other person's desires like those i i noticed that those fundamental um discussions sometimes don't happen and then when you're in a marriage and tensions start to arise and you realize well perhaps these tensions are coming up because we really never had a conversation about expectations and dreams and aspirations and goals whatever you want to call it um so i i do i do i do i will encourage anybody listening to this and thinking about marriage to first start with yourself think about yourself and why you want to get married what kind of home do you desire do you desire a home where when you walk through the door there's laughter and joy and if that's what you desire what do you need to bring to the table to make it happen do you desire a home where when you walk in everything must be tidy dinner must be served you know and so on and th- there's nothing wrong with that however <laughs> If that's what you desire, there are certain things that need to happen for that to become a reality. And are you willing to bring some of those to the table? And then when you now meet your, you know, potential spouse, have that conversation and figure out if they if they help complement 
some of those dreams and aspirations that you have for your marriage. So I'll I'll give you an example with us. You know, like I mentioned, when we talked about it, we realized right away we love traveling. We want to be able to continue to travel and experience the world. We want a marriage where there's joy and laughter, where the other party is happy and feels fulfilled. Um, where they're able to continue to pursue their dreams and their goals. Um, and we then realized that for that to happen, um, we actually only want one child because we both love to work. Mm. We both love you guys uh, like working. Love, yeah. Exactly. Mm. And, you know, I have friends now that, you know, we have conversations and they go, you know, I wish I only had, you know, X number of kids. I wish I had two kids and not four because I would have gone further ahead in my career. Mm. And I think, you know, what a shame. You know, why? It's a shame that we're having this conversation years later and not early on so that we can, you know, work towards some of those goals and desires together. And that's not to say that even when you have those conversations, everything will work out perfectly. Of course not. Um, but at least you have a starting point and if things don't go accordingly then there's a better idea as to why um, things didn't go as, as, as planned right? so yeah those are just my thoughts <laughs> awesome no no I, I really enjoyed this thank you so much uh, Ifatu I really did appreciate this I, I actually got uh, better insights to, to some of the questions that I had here so thank you so much for joining me today and thank you so much to the listeners as well um, and uh, hope to talk to you you, you, uh, you sometime soon as well sounds good thank you alright take care bye bye So that's it for part two of marriage misconceptions thank you so much guys for listening in today um i enjoyed that chat with ifatu because i felt like i needed to have a woman's uh take on this and so one of the big points that she mentioned that i really liked was when she said going into marriage what is it that you want to achieve going into this marriage and that speaks to a purposeful driven human being that's what you need to strive to um, achieve you know going into this discussions one of the things that i i felt like i was um i needed to answer were you know why are you getting married what were what were those why are those misconceptions affecting you why are you worrying yourself about them right and at that time i was puzzled with questions like oh once you get married would you stop hanging out with your friends um would you feel some sort of alienation from you know people who you were cool with who were were single and things like that would that affect other parts of your life and you just realize look why do you want to get married in the first place do you do you have any legitimate reasons are you trying to build a family are you trying to are you have you found someone you want to grow old with you want to grow spiritually mentally in every area of life with 
what is your purpose for wanting to get married marriage isn't for everyone that's the one was the one thing that can guarantee you marriage isn't for everyone don't let i like i also like the fact that she spoke about having one child and not following the the crowd not following this oh you should have multiple children blah 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 and all that so i'll say the same to you guys why do you want to get married because not everyone needs to get married that's a fact so many people knew in their gut that they didn't have to get married and then they got married and then you're like yeah i knew i should have listened to you know my gut about about this thing i shouldn't have done it so if you know it's not for you if you've sat down and you've thought through everything and you realize oh no this isn't for me then yeah don't don't push yourself do it because it's something you want to do no matter how many misconceptions i bring up someone who isn't interested or someone who isn't ready by um by all accounts of where they are in their life will not will not make it in in their marriage you have to be ready mentally you have to know what what it is that you want to get yourself into like i said um well like i I was thinking when most companies want to set up they set up a a they write down a mission statement how about you write a mission statement for your for your marriage what is it exactly that you hope to achieve you understand so like sit down and think about these things before you take your vows another thing is to not seek perfection do not seek perfection i think part of the problems that i had um where i i kept thinking you know will i is this the ideal hope i'm not trying to (laughs) hope i'm not going to end up ruining this girl's life i have to make sure that i knew what it is that i wanted and that whole thought of perfection 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 it has to be perfect it cannot go wrong um fear of failure um almost almost uh ruined the marriage in the first year so you you learn as time goes on that no what i want to do is i want to grow with this person I, I want to spend more time investing uh, in knowledge on how to grow within my marriage. How do I make sure that I am um, becoming a better husband? How how can I make sure that I'm becoming a better individual as a person? And by doing that, you eventually be you eventually make your marriage into the better version. It becomes a perfection towards the end. It becomes a perfection by an example to other people. So the quote of the day would be, do not worry about being perfect, worry about growing. Actually worry about being a better person. If you continually try to be a better person, then you are you are working towards that perfection. So our guest who we spoke to initially, Akin, has a posted a um, an article on calgaryblackchambers.ca i suggest you guys check it out where he talks about losing 30 pounds in a year and sustaining it i think you guys should check it out it's a really good article it it's an article that transcends just losing weight it's something that can help you in your life so the website is calgaryblackchambers.ca 
www.ca and the article title is losing 30 pounds in a year and sustaining it yeah so that's it for today and i hope you guys enjoyed today's episode i know i did um so find time to check out my other episodes we're on lockdown so you can dedicate half an hour to listen to a few of them and give me a feedback my email address is info at that and also for those of you who have been seeing my weekly updates on my earnings on the stock market and want to uh, on my trading account really and want to know how to become a better trader um in future episodes i'll get back on that i know i haven't i haven't talked about trading in a while what i want to do is talk about that subject with more financial pro- professionals um so ifatu is one of them as well she um she's also a lecturer and uh in that department so like it's it's a conversation i would like to have but also share more um but have professionals pretty much just break it down so i don't uh mislead anyone all right so that's it for today and i hope to you know share more content with you guys next week take care guys and have a wonderful week take care bye